Hello, everyone. This is Joyce Davis, Pen Lives Outreach and Opinion Editor, and this is Battleground PA. We have another extraordinarily interesting conversation awaiting you with Jeffrey Lord, who's got the flag flying high for the Republicans, and Rajette Harris, who's representing the Democrats. Stay tuned. We will be right back with this episode of Battleground PA. This is Battleground PA, a pen live podcast discussing the issues that matter to Pennsylvanians and documenting the events in our state that will shape the battle for your vote in the 2020 presidential elections. Okay, I am back, and we are ready for another scintillating conversation. And let's let me tell you, it's got to be a lot to talk about today. We have with us Rajat Harris representing the Democrats, and Jeffrey Lord representing the Republicans. And if you want to join us, you can. You can send an email at topics at battleground pa, or you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Battleground PA. So let's get started. Hello, Rajette. How are you today? Hello, Jeffrey. How are you guys doing? Hello, We're everyone. All yes. right. <laughs> okay. Listen, I hate to start it off on a downer, uh, but we've got trouble in Philadelphia. Um, and I'm going to tell you, my heart continues to ache when I hear these stories, and uh, it's to me, it's depressing. I mean, I don't know who wants to start, but Rajette, we've got another 27-year-old Black man shot and killed in Philadelphia. And, you know, the question many people are asking is, do they have to kill? Is there a way, when you're dealing with issues that might be mental health oriented to de-escalate, to do something other than fire seven bullets into someone. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Rajette? It's just very, very unfortunate. Um, He was murdered in front of his mother. Um, His mother told the police that he had a mental illness uh, to use tactics that would de-escalate the uh, situation because of that. Um, They said he was bipolar and a couple of other things. Um, When I watched the video on CNN last night, it was just very, very unfortunate. Um, It continues to happen, but I do think these protests are starting to impact the election um, that's happening next week uh, because uh, people aren't just protesting in the streets anymore. They're protesting to the ballot box. Even in Philadelphia, half a million ballots have been requested and 62 percent, according to the Department of State. Um, has been returned already. Mm-hmm. And the turnout among black and brown voters is much higher than it was four years ago. And I do think these cases that continue to happen is fueling the voter turnout because people want this to stop. Well, we all wanted to stop. I'm sure Jeffrey wants it to stop too, right, Jeffrey? And I, I know your concern is also um, as as is everybody's for what's going on with the police being attacked, right? But but go ahead, Jeffrey. Let, let's hear your thoughts on this. Well, you know what occurs to me in in taking a look at this is that this what Philadelphia, uh, the city council has been doing, has now backfired and resulted in this man's death. Um, they uh, have banned, at least as I understand it non-lethal resources like uh, tear gas and pepper spray and rubber bullets. 
they did this after the. But they haven't. Well, so in other words, if if any of those things had been available, they could have used them, and Mr. Wallace would still be alive. But in point of fact, they're banned from using them, so they're left with their guns. Not banned from using tasers. Which would the man would still be alive? That's not bad. I mean, I don't. Maybe it's more to do with what's going on in the police department. Why aren't these police officers um, being equipped well, when they go out to mental health things? Why aren't they being equipped? Well, with I th- I think that is an excellent question. I mean, yeah. I, and 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 you know, I mean, this I find this exasperating to some degree. Who's in charge of the police department? I mean, there is an African American woman who is the police commissioner, and there is a liberal Democrat sitting in the mayor's office and they don't have control of their own police force i mean what what is going on here i mean Jeffrey, well i think I, we're Jeffrey missing a big piece of this too though i'm sorry Roger, go ahead we're missing the mental health aspect of this and the mental health hospitals the mental health uh the lack of care that people with mental illness has is again a bipartisan effort it was two governors uh governor ridge and governor uh, rendell one republican one democrat that closed down the hospitals to try to save costs. Both parties have really destroyed basically the mental health help that uh, uh, Pennsylvanians can receive. So again, I see this as a bipartisan effort. This particular situation just happened to happen in Philadelphia. I remember a couple years ago, there was a police incident in Hummelstown here in Dauphin County, which is not a city and is run by Republicans where a woman was killed by a police officer. That was also on tape. So there's definitely something going on in these police departments, I will agree. But with individuals that have mental health issues, they don't get the care that they need. And that is a bipartisan problem that this state needs to take care of. And you know, this this incident eerily reminds of what happened in Lancaster. I mean, uh, it's almost the same, where, where the individual had a mental health problem, he comes out with a knife and the policeman shoots him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and that and that's the thing. And that I mean that is I had someone on who was representing one of these organizations that um is advocates for the mentally ill. And you know what she was saying? She was saying if you have a young person, certainly a black young person who has a mental health issue, don't call police. She just said do not call police. Call a hospital first or something. Because, but, but, but the problem is, why aren't our leaders, Republicans and Democrats, taking this seriously and ordering that there be alternate ways to deal with people who have mental illness? That should. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I agree. Partisan, you know. We're, we'd be saving lives and, and protecting our community. This is just not right. This is a this is a public health issue. Correct. Yeah, I would say that certainly, absolutely. Now, I, I, that said, this this individual had a uh, a history of violence. Uh, you, you know, uh, I, I believe he was convicted of robbery and assault and uh, other things of that nature. But still, I, I just I, it just baffles me why why mayors and police commissioners don't seem to have control of their own departments. But why don't cities have resources to help individuals with mental illness? I have a friend who has uh, a mental illness issue, and it took him almost a month to get into a doctor and to mm. get the medications that he needs. And that's very common in this state. Mm. That's, that's very yeah. common. This is an issue that needs to be taken up 
on a state level, I would argue, to distrib distribute money uh, to the counties to help take care of individuals who have uh, mental health issues. We see people during COVID-19 who are becoming more depressed, becoming um, having more mental issues. And as we all know, people with a mental illness, are is, they're actually more likely to hurt themselves than hurt someone else. Yeah. That's, that's statistically true. So we need to do more to help our our citizens that have mental illness. And that could be one of us one day. You never know what happens in your life. But well, we that, don't that, do enough to help people. And again, that's a part of health care. Again, the lack of access to quality health care that, you know, Americans do not have access to. Well, that brings up a very good point because, you know, if as we're looking forward, we might have a challenge to the health care that now exists, right? I mean, we now have a new Supreme Court justice. So, and we don't know yet how she's going to act or what she's going to, how this is going to impact things. I mean, if you don't have health care, you certainly don't have mental health care. Am I right, Jeffrey? Well, right. But I mean, that's up to the Congress. That, that's up to Nancy Pelosi and and Mitch McConnell and all of those folks. The president has issued executive orders about uh, protecting people with pre-existing conditions and all that, but there's only so much a president can do with executive orders. Congress has to get on the ball. And the fact that they haven't done it, uh, you know, again, is baffling. I'm confused. Congress has to get on the ball with what? We have an Affordable Care Act that is being challenged. It's trying to be struck down by the president. He's leading the charge. I don't, I don't quite... Right. I, I don't well, well, because the the feeling is that this this removed health insurance from millions of people. Uh, you want your doctor, you can keep your doctor, was just not true. You want you you like your insurance, you can keep your insurance, was just not true. Okay, uh, my own mother lost her doctor because of this. Okay, uh, you, you know, I mean, this is this is just not this is not good. And what they really need to, and, and again, to get, I mean, you mentioned the Supreme Court here. Yeah. It's yeah. not the job of the Supreme Court to decide a policy. It's their job to decide whether it's constitutional, which means it's the job of the Congress to write laws that are constitutional. Right. That That's not hard. I mean, you know, turning the Supreme Court into a policy god is the wrong thing to do. That's not what the court is there for. Oh, Jeffrey's doing his spinning again. <laughs> Is it Thanksgiving yet? <laughs> You're ready to move on. <laughs> no, but, but but Jeffrey, I guess you you've confused me, and I mean maybe you've confused Rajette too, because we do have something that is protecting and helping. And if it weren't being challenged right now, at least people would be assured they don't have pre-existing but, but it has not been protecting and helping. When people lose their health care because of this law, that is not helping. We can talk to thousands of people, and we have their stories of that people who now have health care that won't have it. I've just finished talking to having a, a session with two women who are doing phenomenal things to protect people with breast cancer. They are absolutely alarmed, if not panicked as an organization and as individuals over if this ACA gets struck down. They are- Write the law constitutionally. That, that just isn't hard. Write it so that it obeys the constitution. 
That's all you have to do. It is not the court's job to decide health care policy or any other kind of policy. Can I jump in here, please? Yeah, go ahead, please. Um, let's not forget that the reason why the Republicans were elected um, was because they said that they would appeal but replace Obamacare. That's why they were elected. You know, when Obama was first elected president, the Democrats had the House and the Senate and they were able to get a form of the Affordable Care Act passed. Now, we all know that the Affordable Care Act is not perfect. Even Democrats acknowledge that, but it does have its good aspects of it. I mean, students are allowed to stay on their health care plan of their parents till, till age 26. When I was younger, it was only till 24. So that's very helpful. Millions of people had access to health care. Women, uh, regardless of working or not, had access to um, um, reproductive right care. So, you know, mammograms, things of that nature. So it had a lot of good parts. Now, we do acknowledge that there are issues with it, especially if you're a small business or whatnot. The premiums are high. And we acknowledge we need to fix it. But the Republicans and even uh, President Trump, they campaigned on repeal and replace. So far, they only try to repeal. The Republican Party, who has the presidency and the Senate, have not put forth a plan of any type of replacement that people can keep their health care. Especially if you have pre... I mean, as a woman, before the Obamacare... Having a child, being pregnant, was considered a pre-existing condition. Mm. That stopped after the Affordable Care Act. So we can't act like the, the whole bill is horrible. So let's fix, as a Democrat, we want to fix the parts that need to be fixed and keep the parts that are good. The Republicans just want to completely take it away and have not offered a plan to fix it. And Jeffrey, That's I really the problem here. That's I know the problem. respond to that, but wait, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear Jeffrey Lord tell us, you know, what we need to know more about why we can't fix the Affordable Care Act. But hold on, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Jeffrey, uh, tell us, uh, look, and I know you already have, have commented on this several times. You agree that we, the Republicans actually should have come up with something. But, but you know, here as we are, don't you think it would be a tragedy if we were here and didn't have the ACA right now in the middle of a pandemic? Well, I think we could have done better than the ACA. That's the point. But we um, but nobody did. I, look, I mean, the fact the fact of the matter is that when you when you what what Democrats are trying to do is get us to universal, you know, health care like like the British system, et cetera, et cetera, which clearly doesn't do well. I, I mean, people are are, you know, are, are unable to get treatment or their treatment is very poor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, this is one of the reasons, I mean, the president has gone out of his way to sign executive orders on health care to do what he can without the Congress. But the Congress does need to act. There's no question about that. Uh, and yes, well, I, I mean, I've been critical of Republicans. They should have had their their plan ready the day the president took office. And they didn't. Yeah, but you don't keep putting down the Democrats' plan. You might not like Joe Biden's plan, but at least he's putting forth one. Put forth your own. 
that's the issue that I have with the Republican Party right now. They just want to keep badgering Democrats and put down all of our plans and call it socialized medicine, la-di-da-da-da. But then when you say, okay, what's your plan? Well, I'm going to put together a great one. That's nice. You know, it's like having a, it's like having a gym membership and not using it. What's the point? I'm going to go to the gym. One of these days I'm going to go. <laughs> but I never actually go. That's what the Republican Party's doing. The other thing I want to throw into this mix, Jeffrey, it's somebody I've lived overseas now three times. And, you know, we criticize other people's health care. But trust me, people are very happy in many of these countries, in Canada and places in the Scandinavia where they have uh, universal health care. They are they're they're getting treated well. They're 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 you well, are. Well, then why do they come here to the United States to get but treatment? Many don't. many don't come here. Many are, are very happy. Where well, many are. can't afford to come they here. Live but... overseas. I have lived there under those systems, and it's not. I mean, we have problems here everywhere. There's no perfect system, but they're taking care of all of their people. So, but anyway, let's move yeah, on. But... Let's move on because the question now is: Amy Coney Barrett is now a Supreme Court justice. So my question: Should she excuse herself from some of this stuff that she clear that she may people see her as having a conflict of interest in? Uh, Rajette, why don't you start us off and let uh, Jeffrey defend? Um, well, it's not a surprise. We all knew that uh, she would get voted in. Um, the Republicans had the votes. The votes. The Democrats wasn't able to stop it. Um, I personally just hope that she's more of an independent voice, such as Justice Roberts is, than um, we're necessarily giving her her credit for. Uh, now, the issue with the Affordable Care Act is is concerning because of papers that she's written in the past. So she's sort of given us an, an, a little light in how she feels about the Affordable Care Act. Um, so, you know, we're just going to have to see what happens. I do think the fact that the Republicans pushed her through in a month after four years ago, not allowing uh, President Obama to appoint a justice saying, well, we're too close to an election. You know, it was it was very hypocritical. But, you know, this is going to be part of President Trump's legacy. He has shaped the courts for at least a generation. I can personally tell you he's very proud of it. I, I, I think I've said this before, but if not, I'll repeat it. When I saw him in the Oval Office about a year ago, uh, he called for an aide to bring in papers he just signed. She brought in this whole stack. They were the uh, formal commission papers that the president of the United States has to sign when a judge takes office. And he had signed a whole stack of them. And at that point, I think he'd had 200 some odd appointments. And there are more now. So I can tell you he's very proud. And certainly the people who support him are very glad. I mean, Democrats want to make the Supreme Court of the United States a super legislature. And that's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to decide the constitutionality of things. If you want a constitutional uh, whatever, Write it according to the Constitution. Don't leave it to the justices to make policy from the court. And as to President Trump doing this, as as the justice, the late Justice Ginsburg said, presidents are elected for four years, not three years and X number of days. Uh, he had the authority to do it. He did it. But I wonder why they didn't think the same for Obama when he had. I mean, he had the same. Because be, I can tell you exactly. Because when 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 parties of a different uh, when different parties control the White House and the Senate, they don't. They generally don't do it. 
That's the fact. That's just an excuse. That's just an excuse. And let's not forget, too, that the president was very open that he wanted to fill this position for two reasons. Number one, to overturn the Affordable Care Act. And number two, depending on how the election goes next week, if it doesn't go in his favor, when he puts all his lawsuits in to hopefully make him president. So he's really trying to use the court for his own benefit. Now, again, that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean that they will do it, but you, but the president is doing what you are accusing the Democrats of doing. And let me let me get to Joyce's question about uh, Amy Coney Barrett uh, accusing herself. Yeah. Any Supreme Court justice who is appointed by a president inevitably faces an issue where that president's administration has taken a stand. They don't recuse themselves because they've been appointed by that same president. No, no justice of the Supreme Court has ever recused themselves because the president they've appointed is challenging something in court and and they have a conflict of interest. That's just doesn't doesn't happen. It has okay. never happened and no, should never happen. No, but this is a little bit different, though, because he's openly saying how he expects her to vote. That's the reason why people think she should recuse herself, because she was appointed to vote a certain way. Now, again, well, you I'm don't think Ruth Bader Ginsburg was appointed. Way. You don't think Ruth Bader but Ginsburg was appointed. Has to... openly, he has openly said it. I'm answering. I'm just responding to you as to why you think she should not recuse herself. I'm just giving the other side as to why people think she should, because he has openly stated why she was appointed. We all know politics goes into play when people are appointed, <clears throat> of course, but people don't normally well, vocally uh, state. It would have been better for the president to simply keep quiet and keep his mouth. I mean, he talks too much. Let's be honest. His biggest problem is his mouth. Honestly, that would have been better. Then nobody would be able to say anything. You you know, just he did his job and she does her job. But when it looks like the people who are paying attention, because unfortunately, a lot of Americans don't pay attention to every aspect of this. But those of us who do say, why didn't you just keep quiet? You don't have to say this. You don't have to do this. But let's move on. Let's talk about these. Uh, the campaign. How are things looking to you guys? Right, let me just start with Jeffrey. You, uh, I know the polls look bad, but I know you're ignoring them. What What does it look like to you? And I know, hey, you were with the president in Linux, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I, I mean, and I mean mean this in an objective sense. Yeah. I, I what I see on the Republican side is massive enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you go to these rallies. Or when I have driven across the state and see Trump signs everywhere, sides of barns all over people's yards, et cetera, et cetera, I'll grant you I'm seeing more Biden signs than I saw Hillary signs. Mm -hmm. But the Trump signs, I mean, in one stretch of the road when I was coming back from Crawford County the other week, uh, I counted 20 Biden signs and over 100 Trump signs. Mm -hmm. It's just observational things like that that make me feel – uh, very optimistic. And and again, I think uh, certainly where I was twice in Western Pennsylvania, Washington County in the Southwest and Crawford County in the Northwest, people really are ginned up about fracking. <laughs> they, I mean, this is a big deal to them. Their livelihood is on the line here. And I, I think that, that Joe Biden made a massive mistake in that debate when he said he would, quote unquote, transition the oil industry. Well, people understood instantly that means they're going to be transitioned out of their jobs and they're not happy about it. 
Well, uh, Rajette, how are things looking to you on the on the Democrat side? I know <laughs> I, there seems to be a lot of energy there, too, which is good. I mean, the one thing we want is for both sides to be revved up and participating, right? Yes, and turnout is definitely high. I mean, nationwide, more than half of people have already early voted compared to 2016. So we already have more than half of people vote already than the entire amount of voters who went to the polls four years ago. Um, so this is definitely a turnout election. You know, here in, in Pennsylvania, over 3 million people have requested uh, ballots and Democrats have over a million uh, ballot leads if you're going by registration. You know, 66% of those ballots requested have been turned in already. So, you know, people are voting. And again, I do think this is a turnout election. I don't think this is going, I do think uh, in Pennsylvania, it's going to be closer than what, well, some of the polls are showing it close, to be fair. Um, so the, some of the polls are showing it close, but this is going to be a turnout election. And because so many people already voted, you know, the debates and what happens this week, how much of a difference is it really going to make? I'm also, you know, a, I, I'm also of a firm belief that I really don't think there's a whole lot of undecided voters. I, I do think people know if they want this country to continue where it's going or if they want to change. Uh, with, with I, I, Well, I do think that's right. But just so, again, I'm just one, uh, one observational thing from that rally that I was at, the president asked uh, how many of you had voted relatively speaking there were only a handful of hands that went up and one one couple somewhere in the crowd yelled we're from florida <laughs> which got everybody laughing but in other words most of the people there intended to vote in person is is what i took from that but that's expected more republicans will be voting at the polls than democrats because as you know overall i'm generalizing here but democrats have taken the coronavirus a little bit more seriously i would argue than the republican party which is why you see that now uh, joyce i i just want to make this offer in reverse now since you have voted and I kept offering, I kept, I kept offering to take you to the polls. Right, right. Will you now take me to the polls and come with me? <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey, dear, the whole reason that I don't want to go out there around people who are about <laughs> well, and you know, and there is a concern. Um, you know, instance, um, as a county chair, I had a meeting with our judge of elections here in Dauphin County. And at least here in Dauphin County, voters are not going to be mandated to wear a mask oh to vote. Oh, is that right? Asked, yeah. oh. They're going to be asked to wear a mask. Uh, each polling place will have masks there for people who walk in without one, but you're not going to have to wear a mask to vote. Now, obviously, the people working the polls will have to wear a mask. So that's Interestingly, why, go ahead. Well, that's why it's been hard to get poll workers and people to work the polls. Sure. Right. I, I mean, interestingly, interestingly, to get into the Trump rally, you had to have a mask. Yeah, but but Jeffrey, honestly, that uh, look, there are lots of people. I've seen those pictures. There are lots of people there without masks. There are lots of no social. They take them off once they're in, but they wear them. They, 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 you were not allowed in. I can tell you, if you didn't have a mask on, you weren't going to get in the gate. Yeah, but it shows a mentality. Something is wrong when you do not, when you have older people around you, you don't have a mask on, you're in a big crowd. There's just a disconnect. I don't know if they're not reading. 
if they're well, not. Well, I, I don't know where they're. You know, I. But I think the protests. I think the protests set the uh, set the example for this. There was zero. I've gone back and looked again today. No social distancing whatsoever at all of the Black Lives Matters protests in the summer. Oh, None. Oh, Jeffrey, I've, I've been at some of those. Those people were mostly masked and, and, and they were encouraging masking. I, so They I, didn't I, social I, distance I at all. This is a presidential who seems to be, from what we're, the, the seems to not care himself about whether all these people are out there. Uh, apparently there's a report now, some people are having hypothermia at one because they were stranded, older people. We've got to take care of our people at these. There are different ways to, I mean, even now, why are we continuing all of this when, as we say, people have, most people have already voted, but they're still taking, they're still holding these, uh, these uh, rallies with people out there. I, I mean, Obama's on the uh, campaign trail. How much good is he really doing right now, Regette? The one thing about President Obama is, you know, he's, he's still our most popular uh, Democratic president, obviously, but he's always been good at getting himself elected that magic never really floated to anyone else um mm -hmm. i do That's think right. plus one of uh, one of the things too he's not the one running for president so a lot of his events are invitation only that's mm -hmm. why you saw him go to some of the corners in the streets and try to talk to people because you know uh the president obama's a people person he likes to be around people um, i, I want to be fair i want to be fair to president obama here um uh, former presidents or, or outgoing presidents don't have the impact for someone else that they have for themselves. I mean, I just, that's, right. I think, sort of a political fact of life. I remember uh, the night before the election four years ago, they had this massive rally in Philadelphia in front of Independence Hall with the Clintons, the Obamas, all of it. Uh, it didn't do a thing for Hillary Clinton uh, in terms of Pennsylvania. As a matter of fact, I even think it backfired, but... Uh, be that as it may, it, it just I think it's unfair to think that President Obama can carry Joe Biden over the uh, over the top here, because generally speaking, former presidents don't have that clout. That may be true, but I think in Obama's case, they, they do resonate with African-American voters and African-American men for him. I mean, so we need that that um, that kind of presence out there to keep people fired up and, and going to the polls. We need everybody, anybody who has an influence to keep it going. But listen, we're almost at the end of our time. We do have to talk about the, uh, you know, COVID-19 is continuing to spread and inc apparently increasing in Pennsylvania. Um, again, I mean, it's it's just, I mean, how are you guys feeling this is good? Is this going to impact anything at all as we see these numbers continue to rise, Rochette? I think COVID is, is still the number one campaign issue uh, because it has affected everyone. Again, maybe health-wise, it's definitely uh, impacted people financially. Um, yeah. So yes, I, I do think it's going to impact the election in different ways. Um, again, I see two parts of it. Should we be holding these big events? No. But nope. then as an individual person, I shouldn't be going either. So, you know, I wish people would make better choices. That's um, right, Rochette. And, and, and actually, Jeffrey, I think you would agree with that, that it's a question also of personal responsibility, right? Well, yeah, but personal responsibility means you're responsible for yourself. And and uh, everybody gets to decide. Everybody gets to decide how they're going to how they're going to approach this. Uh, the fact of the matter is, at least as I understood this morning, 
the death uh, the death toll is going down, not up. Uh, more people are being exposed, but I, I I assume that's because more tests are being given, and so we find out that there there's more of this. I I don't think that this is the number one issue in the minds of most people. I think it's oh, as goodness. I've always I, said. I think it's I the economy always. There, what I would disagree with you. I think this is number one in everybody's mind because it's impacting everything. And I will say one other thing, just to put it on. To me, personal responsibility is not just about me, but it's how I relate to my fellow person, my my neighbors. Am I doing right by you? I wouldn't want to do anything as a my personal responsibility is to keeping myself safe, but not hurting someone else. So that's just the different outlook on life. And I get it. People have different outlooks. But with that, I have to thank Jeffrey Lloyd, representing Republicans, and Rajette, representing the Democrats, for another, oh, engaging battleground uh, episode. So stay tuned, guys. We will be back next. When it will definitely be something to talk about as we zero in on the November 3rd election. So thank you for joining us. See you around soon. <laughs>